Hello everyone, my name is Karina Terikhova and today we have guests in our studio from FinGrid, which is the mostly state-owned transmission network operator of the whole Finland. We have Mikko Heikila here, who is the head of strategic grid planning. Welcome, Mikko. Thank you. Nice to be here today. And we also have Risto Kusi, a senior expert in the strategic planning, also from FinGrid. Hello. Thank you for having me. We would like to talk today about their future scenarios that FinGrid has recently uh, modeled and produced in order to assist their strategic planning. And those scenarios have a big impact on the whole energy markets in Finland and probably in the Nordic countries as well. And this is a novel, efficient and interesting way to go about projecting the future, not as, as a linear set of events, but rather as a probabilistic approach of what might happen and how we all should prepare for what is happening strategically. So perhaps we could start by asking Fingrid, why did you produce the scenarios? Is that a part of some regular process and planning cycle or is it a one-off effort? Yeah, in, indeed, it's it's something that we do actually every second year. So when we are planning the main grid, and main grid is a bit like the motorways of the of the electricity network, so the the biggest power lines that you can think of. And those power lines they will be used for decades, basically. They are very long term projects. Only the planning phase takes seven or even eight years from from a planning table to, to to building process and and until the grid is ready and and then they will be used for several decades 50 60 years or even even longer so that's why we have to be prepared for different kinds of future scenarios and and how we approach this is that we've been doing uh, actually four different scenarios for the for the future and The idea is in a way that whatever the future will be, we will somehow manage it and our grid will serve its purpose. Indeed, and I think that the future now looks more uncertain than ever. And I would like to ask whether this uh, increasing uncertainty has influenced the modeling and their definition of scenarios. And Risto, how did you even come up with their particular four choice Yeah, so obviously the times are uncertain and, and we have factored that into our scenarios. Obviously, we want to look at the big trends. Uh, there's electrification, which is going to increase the electricity demand. That's a big thing in our scenarios. Uh, there's green hydrogen, which also consumes a lot of electricity to produce. So that that's a major thing. And then uh, currently, wind and solar power are the cheapest ways to produce new electricity, bring new electricity generation online. So that's that's something that that we are definitely taking into account. And when we look at look at Finland and look at the Finnish possibilities to increase, especially very competitive and abundant onshore wind power, uh, that that has, has a great influence in our scenarios. And 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 we are trying to ensure that that we can on our part enable uh, this is expansion of renewable generation in Finland. Did you take any input from market operators to select and shortlist the scenarios? Yeah, actually we did. So this, our process is, is very open and, and public. So we made a draft scenarios and, and then opened this kind of a public consultation uh, where we collected uh, uh, like literal uh, feedback. But then we also met several uh, universities and, and market players to discuss about the scenarios. And now, now we will update the draft scenarios based on the feedback that we have got. 
So what kind of scenarios came up from this process? So what, what are those four scenarios that were eventually shortlisted and prioritized? Uh, yeah, so uh, so we have four differentiated scenarios. Uh, so they're different from each other, and they're also different from the baseline. So none of those scenarios is our best estimate, but rather they are uh, on the on the outer rim, if you will. Uh, so if I very briefly go them through, through, so power to products, uh, that's a scenario which assumes uh, that Finland becomes a major industrial hub for power to X products. So things like fuels, materials, and chemicals. Uh, then. Uh, hydrogen from wind assumes that Finland becomes a major exporter of green hydrogen. Uh, wind disease uh, looks specifically at very large-scale expansion of offshore wind uh, compared to onshore wind in the other scenarios. And then local power uh, looks at distributed solar, distributed batteries, and even small modular nuclear power in Finland in 2035. So very different scenarios, and the idea is that whatever happens, we would be prepared for it. Yeah, uh, one driving factor f- that is common for all the scenarios is the carbon neutrality target of Finland. So Finland has one of the most ambitious targets to become carbon neutral already by 35, so less than in, in 15 years. So that's something that we have in a way taken granted in all scenarios. So they are designed so that this uh, target is met. It is great to hear that this uh, target preserves through the changing conditions of the world. And I believe that uh, also the electricity production will in fact take a change in in the near future. So how do you see the change in electricity production affecting FinGrid uh, strategies in the transmission networks and how the scenarios will be applied in terms of electricity production? Yeah, so maybe if I start with the with the generation change, as mentioned, we currently, if you need to bring new electricity generation online, almost everywhere in the world, wind and solar are are the most competitive. So, so when electricity uh, consumption is increasing, that that means that uh, wind and solar power will will increase as as well, and uh, the amount will be drastic. In addition to that, most part of the world needs to get rid of fossil fuels in electricity generation, but also in generation of heat and, and industrial goods and, and electricity plays a role a role there as well. So what we are seeing is that uh, when wind and solar are growing a lot, they're dependent on the weather. There's going to be a lot of fluctuation and variation in the electricity generation. And also there are some uh, system technical fundamentals that are changing uh, when we add, add more wind and solar to the system. So so that those are kind of fundamentally transforming the electricity network. And, and the electricity system and also markets. And that's what we're trying to p- prepare for. Do you see also the change in the attitude towards the use of nuclear power? Because we noticed that in your scenario, pretty extreme assumptions are made about the people's acceptance of nuclear power into their backyards. Yeah, um, perhaps the the small modular nuclear power uh, sh- should be clarified so that we're still talking about uh, units that are hundreds of megawatts in size. So they're located in cities, but they're not not something like your rooftop solar panels. You won't have your garage nuclear power station in, in our scenario. I think in Finland, the approach to nuclear power has been rather pragmatic and people are willing to accept it if, if it's competitive. Assuming that the small-scale nuclear power would become competitive, we assume that it would be present in Finland as well. Yeah, but just to just to make clear, so we have included the SMRs, the small-scale nuclear uh, reactors, only in one of the four scenarios. So in a way, we are not counting that will be the future, but we are trying to get ready for in case the SMRs will will fly. 
clear and that will affect their uh, transmission network in a different way from for example Olkiluoto the big nuclear power stations because of the distribution of the transmission in this case yeah they, they well they are smaller so maybe for the system wise they're a bit easier to to handle than those big units and then if we compare to let's say wind power which is very volatile and weather dependent then of course the benefit of nuclear is that it's kind of kind of certain it it works well and and gives this kind of a base base load type of generation let's talk about the examples of how do you plan to use the scenarios in the strategic planning for the electricity production so how does the scenario trigger a change in fingrid investment into the transmission networks and What kind of signals does it give to our energy markets? Yeah. So the next step in our process is that we design a power grid for all of these four scenarios. So so we do quite detailed designing work, create new interconnectors and power lines on 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 planning table. And by doing that we see that what kind of investments are needed in different scenarios. And uh, especially those investments that, in a way, overlap between the four scenarios that are needed in, in, let's say, three or four scenarios. Those are something that we call, in a way, no-brainers. So those we have to kind of do anyways, uh, wh- whatever the future is. And then we will include that kind of investments in our 10-year network development plan and take next steps in the in the planning, like permitting and route selection and and, and so on continue the planning on more detailed level. We will also identify a bunch of uh, other investments that are uh, maybe needed in one or two scenarios. And those we, we keep as a, as a concept solutions. So if the future is, is pointing uh, to the direction of certain scenario, let's say uh, offshore wind comes profitable and competitive in Finland, then we have identified already some high-level concepts of, of those investments that we're going to need in, in, in that case. Thank you. Thank you. And Risto, is the modeling uh, behind the scenarios covering also those trigger events that uh, Miko is talking about? So how will you know that a certain scenario started uh, growing or started happening? Uh, yes, yeah, so obviously then when the scenarios are done uh, and, and before we make the next set of scenarios, we're continuously monitoring what's going on. All the time we are seeing interest into to invest in the new technologies and we are seeing projects that are, are being initiated and investment decisions being made. Uh, so, then, so then we're tracking now that, that uh, are we going to the direction that our scenarios are pointing and is there a se- certain trends that are, are becoming stronger than we maybe assumed in the scenarios? Is there a particular scenario that, that seems to be realizing or particular uh, trend taking place? And, and then, then we adjust. So every other way we do this uh, main grid development plan where, in, where we reflect the next 10 years and the investments that, that we need to make, make in there. And, and all, all the time we, we are monitoring. So even if we have a 10-year investment plan, that doesn't mean that all those investments are set in stone, but ra- rather that, that we are monitoring up to the point where we make the investment decision. Interesting. That means that you are raising clearly a degree of preparation for action in case of various events take place and not uh, define a strategy as a timeline, as a clear one-directional investment plan. That seems wise uh, in in the changing world and with the multiple fa- factors that will affect 
electricity markets. Typically, uh, so far, we have seen a more linear scenarios of especially electricity energy uh, development, and we appreciate this really as a much more uh, flexible approach. And uh, would you say that this is a kind of innovation in energy sector to have this modeling and to try not to predict the future, but uh, rather to model the future in various directions and be prepared? Yeah, you could say so. So similar uh, approaches used also on the European level when we cooperate with our uh, European colleagues, ENSOE, which is our joint organization. So we are developing different kind of scenarios and try to model the, the markets and, and the grid for, for that. Maybe what is very, in a way, very unique, at least I like to think for our process at, at Fingrid is that it's quite detailed, for, first of all. And, and then the, um, the customer engagement in a way. So we are having this very active dialogue with our stakeholders and customers so they really can have their say to our scenarios. So in a way, I like to think that they are not just Fingrid scenarios, but they are Finland's scenarios for the future. Yeah, we can testify to that. And we also participate in the webinars that Fingrid held both while scenarios were baking and also in presenting the scenarios at the end of August to uh, energy markets. Uh, Do you plan to continue communication on the same level so that the whole market can be alerted also what you believe in, which scenario Fingrid believes starts to realize so that the market can act accordingly? Yes, definitely. So, so we will continue this process during this autumn. Uh, we're gonna have a next webinar, maybe end of year or, or so, and and some other customer e- events. And like I said, that this kind of a vision work is done every every second year. And also, our this ten year network development plan is is public and open and will be consulted. So those are in a way the next steps for for us. And and of course, when the Time goes by, we will update the scenarios accordingly. Mm. So we, we can also say that there is a wide consensus, at least in the Finnish energy market, about those scenarios and about the priority things that we should prepare for. Yeah, I really hope so. I, I think where we where we have very strong consensus is the first of all the need for the clean and green and and affordable electricity. It's it's pretty clear that the power consumption will actually increase significantly during the next uh, 10-15 years, maybe even 50% or even more. And then where, where we also seem to very much agree with, the, with the, our customers is the, is the possibilities of Finland. So Finland is a quite big country actually, but we are only 5.5 million people here. So there's plenty of land to be utilized for the, for the green energy. And our wind conditions here up in the north are quite competitive. Maybe not the best in the EU, but still, still quite competitive. So Finland actually has huge potential to to build, especially onshore, onshore wind. And this is something that we are having uh, or, or seeing now at Fingrid. So more and more investors are knocking our door and and asking if they can invest in Finland and and uh, connect to to the grid. And and first it was maybe the wind wind power producers, but now we are also seeing that those industry actors who are utilizing the green green and affordable power, like data center actors and hydrogen producers and so on, they are also behind our door and would like to invest in Finland. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And 
Obviously, in producing those scenarios, uh, it's not uh, your everyday exercise of linear projection of past reports into the future. So Rista probably has utilized uh, plenty of input data to account for those choices and to justify the scenarios. So how would you describe their purely data and IT-related challenges in producing scenarios? Yeah, so, so our scenarios are definitely very modeling-oriented and very data-oriented. So, so we, are, we are running fundamental modeling. We are including huge amounts of data into the process, uh, starting from, for example, weather conditions, how, how is the wind how has the wind been? How has the solar radiation been? What about the temperatures and, and rainfall and all these things that actually influence great degree in the electricity markets because of the huge amount of weather dependent generation and consumption that, that we have. And, and then we are com- combining all this information uh, with, with, for example, cost information and, and projections for demand and making f- fundamental scenarios where, where we're trying to model how would rational actors behave if the world developed like we have uh, depicted in our scenarios. And I think that that's a, that's a very solid approach in, in a sense that we're not just coming up uh, with some numbers or coming up with uh, some storyline and, and leaving it, it at that, but we're actually modeling it and, and we're learning a lot when we're trying to think what would the industrial players and electricity producers do if the world, uh, world, world would uh, develop like we have thought about. You have uh, uh, told us that this is not the first time that Fingrid actually models the future. How did the past uh, projections fare? So did, did we see their developments in the direction of your scenarios that you had made in past years? Uh, I think generally speaking, and I think this applies for, for everybody in the, in the energy industry, is that even if you have been right about the, um, uh, that the wind power is going to be a big thing and solar is going to be a big thing and, and, and we're probably going to see a lot of electrification and hydrogen, uh, I think almost all the projections of, and scenarios have always been too modest and uh, kind of not, not taking the change into account enough and not, not making broad, uh, broad enough scenarios. And that, that's definitely something that we're trying to avoid here. So our, gen- our scenarios are, are very, I would say, bullish in terms of the, of the future of, of the renewable electricity and, and electrification and green hydrogen. So let's, let's hope that we are not undershooting. I see. So the trouble uh, rather is in underestimating the change rather than overestimating. At least it has been. So let, let's, let's see how, how this time we fare with these scenarios. It also makes sense to, let's say, plan big and be prepared for significant growth. It's much easier to, in a way, bit slow down your process than if, if it happens so that, the, let's say, the green energy is, is not growing that quickly as you anticipated. That's that's much more easier scenario for you to handle as a, a transmission grid operator than, than trying to quickly somehow run behind the green investments and build your grid when you are already already late. That's true. That's true. And assuming their uh, need for drastic uh, change management, how do you see the IT sector supporting you and supporting the energy markets in those scenarios? Well, the electricity system is, is, is in great change and it's been quite centralized system with few big power plants. But now it's becoming decentralized. There will be much more actors. There will be new type of generation, which is weather dependent. 
it's it's maybe more difficult to to forecast and and predict how it befa- behaves in the market so everything that is related to the the, the forecasting is uh, of of weather and, and 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 behavior in the market is becoming more and more important on the other hand the market is becoming more and more real time because back in the days it it's been quite easy to forecast and 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 control the power plants uh, based on the needs of of the customers but now you have to kind of utilize the the uh, wind and solar as 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 best way you you can so in in practice it means that everything is becoming more real time and you have to make the electricity trades closer to the delivery hour and and delivery time and that we're going to also see in the market so now we are trading electricity in in 60 minute and one hour and blocks but uh, already in the near future um we will transition to to 50 minutes trading blocks and that will of course make <laughs> we will um all the data that is related to the electricity market will be then uh, fourfold basically and of course this also means that it's more difficult for a human person to to understand how the market actually works so you have to try to automate everything basically that you can uh, data crunching and 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 so on so in a way the the data quality becomes more and more important you have to be able to to trust your systems and you cannot just look it by your own eyes and <laughs> make make decision based on your gut feeling but you really have to trust your data and and, and then it means that it has to be great great quality So it seems that the forecasting accuracy that will increase and at the same time become more challenging and will require larger quantities of data to be accurate and probably the elements of machine learning and artificial intelligence will be needed to capture the complexities of demand and consumption forecast at the same time and that IT might help you there. Yes, definitely, and and maybe to add add on top of that, I, I think one one of the trends is that uh, it, everything is becoming more interconnected, and in the electricity system, that that might mean that when in historically you had maybe maybe you had ten or one hundred power plants, but now you have actually one million electric vehicles that could contribute to keeping the system stable and and benefiting from the from cheap electricity when it's available. Uh, someone needs to kind of tell the EVs uh, when, when it's a good time to charge, and the same similar. Early to we we might have more than a million heat pumps in Finland, uh, which have great flexibility potential if if that can be unleashed and and all all, all the all this kind of uh, to, to take uh, to to benefit from all this, you need to have uh, a network of interconnected components and interconnect much more things into the power system. So I think that also is is a great great IT challenge and, and something that needs to be solved. Indeed, indeed, IT is looking at the intersectional integration of energy, uh, electricity, heating, and gas data, and in the future, it's likely to be treated as one source of data and one forecast. So I believe that this is the way uh, for the IT to go. Uh, last but not least, perhaps it's interesting uh, that uh, while we are openly discussing their possible future and the, we are actually detailing their future scenarios clearly for everyone to hear, at the same time the concerns about security of both operations and data grow. And how how does FinGrid see uh, their future challenges for this, uh, maintaining both security and transparency of data? Well, um that's that's a good question. Maybe one of our policy has been that let's try to make it everything as open as 
possible. So when you don't have that much data that you are not able to disclose to the public, then then it's, it's of course bigger problem. So we've been advocating that basically all the market data that could be possible, let's make it open and, 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 and transparent. And that's also key for the ma- market function. So then when the data is available and different market players can can reach it, it, it will also facilitate the competition in, in the market. So it's not just something that, uh, let's say, the big players can, can have, but also the new entrants and, and smaller players are able to reach the electricity market market data. Thank you. Thank you. I think that we have covered the wide ground about uh, the energy market's future in Finland and the strategic uh, investments at Fingrid. And this is something that is of interest not only for Finland, uh, but also in the Nordics and wider in Europe. And we see that also in other parts of the Nordics, similar efforts take place. So uh, thanks thanks a lot for this uh, input, Mikko and Risto, and uh, with that we close our discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.